What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, January 15th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Carolyn Pettit. Hello, Carolyn. Hey, Greg. How are you doing? Are you? I am great. How are you? Doing good. Thrilled to thrilled to be here. You know, I, I, I was saying, I think uh, at a time like this, um, uh, where uh, maybe a little on edge about uh, things outside Everything. the world of video games. It's yeah. nice to just have the opportunity to, to hang out with you and talk talk video games for a while. So thanks for having well, me. Um, it's a, a pleasure to have you. Thank you for making the time for us. It's something you know you and I don't get to do often. I feel like you uh, we run in the same circle. I see yeah. you all the time, and not for all sure. the time actually, and definitely not at all in 2020. But right. we <laughs> end up at the same events, the same things. For people who don't know you, Carolyn, yeah. uh, how do you describe yourself? I'm a, a you know freelance game critic and writer. I mm-hmm. um, you know I, I was with GameSpot uh, some time ago, and now I'm yeah freelance. Like uh, wrote a number of reviews for Polygon last year, including Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Cyberpunk, of course, and uh, yeah, do my own my own uh, self published writing as well. So awesome. Where yeah. can people keep up with you? Uh, well, you can keep up with me on Twitter at Carolyn Michelle, probably, you know, the best place, um, uh, though, though that, you know, is admittedly a mix right now of video game silliness and political terror. So, yeah, you know, exactly. be more like <laughs> Isn't I that everyone's expect- Twitter. That's yeah. everyone's Twitter. Yeah. right now. <laughs> but I don't expect that to be everyone's cup of tea. Like, if you're like, sure. you know, I like I know hard feelings. And uh, yeah, like, um, you know, uh, I have my own uh self-published writing page on at medium.com slash at Carolyn Pettit, where folks can read, you know, a piece about like Last of Us 2 that I wrote last year that was really well received and, um, and other stuff on games like Animal Crossing and stuff like that, too. So, well, you know, I when we were doing Cyberpunk at the end of the year, they're talking so much about it. I kept bringing up your review because I loved how critical mm. it was and the angle Thanks. you had on it. Mm. How is that working right now being freelance? Is it are, are editors, I guess, and sites super open to you coming in and being like, hey, I don't want to do the traditional just here's how many levels it has. Here's how this yeah. is. I, You know, I think I mean, I do appreciate that there are I feel like that the what's um allowed or what's even desired in the sure. the gaming criticism space has really um evolved in the past even you know like for five six years to the point where i think we i think there's a real uh, a greater appreciation and understanding that hey like a diversity of perspectives like people coming at games from different angles and things um only makes the conversation around games like richer and more and more interesting and so you know i do think that um uh you know that there there are editors out there that say, hey, like, let's get, um, you know, let's get, like, let's get, you know, um, a Japanese person to review Ghost of Tsushima, for instance, because yeah. they may have a, a perspective on it that, you know, like, like a white player wouldn't, for instance, or, you know, I, um, yeah, so yeah, I think, um, I think definitely there is an appetite for that. And I appreciate that there, that there are editors out there who, who are looking um, to, to bring that into their, into their, into their publications. We got a lot of news to get through today, but before then, I always ask everybody if you're going to be mm. on here for the first time, mm. what's your favorite game of all time? Oh my god! I know um, you got to choose. You got to choose. Uh, you know what? Um, gosh, I'm gonna go right now. I've been thinking so much because of the Indiana Jones news that came out sure. this week. I have been thinking so much about how much I loved um, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, which yep. was just a classic in my mind. Lucas Arts. So the Lucasfilm games label is back too, which is exciting to me as somebody who loved the classic Lucasfilm label and their output. Um, so, you know, like, like you're asking me right now, if you ask me tomorrow, it'll be a different response. But right sure. now, like, I'm just, I have so much admiration for the craft of that game and the way it captures the the thrill of what that character uh, is all about. And also, of course, like, hating nazis so of it's course not yes. like the most, the <laughs> it's most checking all the boxes we need yeah, right yeah. now right yeah yeah, yeah yeah are do you carry that over to hype for the new indiana jones game then yeah absolutely i mean i i like the excitement the the announcement to me is so interesting right now because it's like on one hand like the, the conversation around like as we were just kind of saying like the conversation around games and around indiana jones as a character has changed a lot in the past you know, since, since Raiders of the Lost Ark came out. And I think there are folks who are understandably concerned, like, you know, the optics of if they if they lean hard into white, 
guy plundering, um, you know, global south regions for treasure. Like sure. that, you know, that might be like a little, eh, a little yikes. But at the same time, like, like we know that um, machine games can can make games about killing Nazis and make that super satisfying. And so there are absolutely aspects of Indiana Jones that uh, that you can tell a, a really fantastic story about today that and, and i mean and you know with their gameplay expertise like i i mean i i'm expecting uh great things and i'm and i'm i'm pumped for it personally me too i feel like it's one of those it needs to be not a reinvention of the character but you yeah. can't just copy the movie you can't you're not going to yeah. get harrison ford and that would do a disservice to the product to begin with so you mm -hmm. have to tell your own stories and i think they know what yeah. it is in 2021 and what they ha can get away with i trust them i mean i think they've done great you know and and i love that they've they've never been like uh they've never been they've never compromised around the like anti-nazi anti-fascist stuff mm -hmm. like in their social media or whatever like they're very clear and so I pete mean, hines and, hates nazis we know it well yeah, right 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 <laughs> and and you can totally do stuff where he's like um in like helping uh say uh south american cultures or middle eastern cultures or whatever like he can be in those environments and those kinds of danger like the the tombs and the the cultures i think and not and just just find a new angle on it right i think sure. that, that there's absolutely tons of potential there and i i think that i think they'll get it i think they'll get it right and i think that's what you know especially taking the 2021 lens and looking back at the Indiana Jones films, it's stuff that back then flew that you were just using lazy yeah. stereotypes for different characters and cultures. And it was stuff yeah. that I didn't think much about because I'm not going back oh, yeah. to watching Indiana Jones. And oh. when I was a kid, I wasn't paying attention, oh. but with yeah. 1984 for wonder woman, 1984, when yeah, that yeah. I, I, you know, I started digging into that after our friend Yusuf from Ubisoft tweeted out about like, Hey, this is a really yeah. terrible interpretation. And you went in and read about people being like, Oh, well the yeah. movies and they're doing this, and they're pulling the same horrible stereotypes that Indiana Jones did, but didn't know better at the time because right. that's how you films were being made. And it's like, Oh, right. and I don't suspect I'll do that here. I'm, I'm I'm exactly with you, totally with you on that. So yeah, awesome. All right, cool. Then we've settled everything about Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> For now, let's talk about the fact that we know the best-selling games of 2020. We know how the Switch did versus the Xbox and the PlayStation Five, and we know that Bungie is really, really saying goodbye to Halo because this is kind of funny. Games Daily, each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show at Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games, where you can write in with your questions about today's topics you can get the show ad free you can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday however if you have no bucks to toss our way and get all that extra content no big deal you can watch us record the show live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you're watching live you have a special job go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games youtube or roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe each and every weekday so far, we're batting a thousand. Nobody's corrected us on anything, Carolyn. Don't worry. Oh, woo. Yeah, okay, they'll be on it. Uh, housekeeping yeah. for you. Right now, there's a new Kind of Funny podcast up on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny and podcast services around the globe featuring WWE superstar Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Up, Up, Down, Down, like a coffee cup, Austin Creed. Uh, it's live right now, like I said. Go pick it up. Give it a listen. We had a lot of fun there. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by Hymns, Brooklyn, and Ann Burrow, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. We have four items on the Roper Report. Kevin, how are you feeling today? I haven't, I haven't had my, uh, my pretty check solid. You know what I mean? I got my yeah? uh, hash browns and egg. Mocha. Now, how burnt are the hash browns? Carolyn, when we were doing WandaVision, getting ready to... Well, uh -huh. When we were getting ready to do WandaVision, uh, uh -huh. which are going up right now on YouTube.com slash kind of funny, Kevin's smoke alarm was going off because you're trying to get them crispy, and I understand that, Kevin. No, 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 no. You, you misunderstood. You misunderstood. Oh, it's I apologize. Not, it's not that they got burnt. It's that okay. I'm using one of those big, giant iron skillets. So yeah. it's... it's Cast iron? So, yeah, but like not a... Nor you know, the, it's the ones that you normally put on a barbecue... Oh, so, you're using like the flat griddle kind of giant. Yeah, cast yeah, iron. that's it. The flat got griddle. It, I got it, got it. And yeah. it creates a lot of smoke just as sure. you're cooking because I don't know yeah. that it's made for indoors. So, but Fair. it works. Okay, good. It came out all good. Right, well, yeah. If you got the hash brown, who cares? It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Number one on the Roper Report, the NPD numbers are in for 
December 2020. And that, of course, means for the entire year. But let's start with December. Uh, we're going to read from Games Beat, where Jeffy Grub Grub, fan of the show, says Nintendo Switch dominated hardware sales in the United States throughout 2020. It easily outsold its last gen competition in the Xbox One and PlayStation 4, but it continues to outperform PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X slash S due to their supply constraints. The hybrid home slash handheld Nintendo console was the top hardware of the year as well as December, according to industry tracking firm, the NPD Group. We interrupt this article to bring in from gamesindustry.biz, Christopher Dring, who added this, uh, nearly 6 million Nintendo Switch consoles were sold in Japan last year, a rise of 30% over 2019. Nintendo dominated the market with Switch devices accounting for 87% of all consoles sold last year. The normal Switch version sold 3.9 million units, while the Switch Lite sold just over 2 million units. Back to Jeffy Grub Grub. He says Microsoft has said that the Xbox Series X slash S is the best best launch in Xbox history, but there's not really hard numbers on that. Meanwhile, GameSpot says the MPD uh, report includes no mention at all of Xbox sales. Uh, MPD analyst Matt Piscatella, friend of the show, followed up in a tweet to mention how supply for the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series S consoles were constrained and thus negatively impacting results. Carolyn, Yo. when does the Switch stop? When does I mean, it stop being this powerhouse? Like, seriously, what's, you know, it's not surprising to me that, um, uh, yeah, obviously uh, the PS5 and Xbox One X, uh, Xbox X, Series X slash S, like. It's so annoying. Demand. Just say Xbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it drives they, me crazy too. I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> It's not surprising to me that they can't meet demand right now. But what kind of is surprising to me is that people aren't being like, you know what, I'm going to hold on to this you know, this $500 uh, and wait, like, because I know I want that PS5. Like, no, people still see the Switch as something that's like, you they, you know, we all know it's not as powerful sure. it, um, as as these new consoles, but, but that appeal, that unique appeal of the Switch, I think is, just remains so um, alluring to people that, and I mean, Nintendo just obviously, with like Animal Crossing, you know, up their mm-hmm, sleeve mm-hmm. in 2020 and the midst of COVID. I mean, obviously, like just the right game at the right time. Um, I'm, but, but man, what a just masterful uh, domination of the market by Nintendo. Like, it's really, it's really like I, I, 87% of all consoles, like when you uh, sold last year, were, were Switches. That's just, um, I mean, you know, th- that's, that's really uh, impressive to me. I can't, it's, obviously I love my Switch. I think my Switch is great. But it's just the fact that the Switch has been around so long and still finds this audience that isn't saturated. And yeah, like you're saying, you know, 87% uh, over in Japan, right, for what's going on there and how it is the Switch Lite also selling units, which I don't even think about it. You know, Tim mentioned the other day on, I think, Gamescast, he was playing something downstairs and then went upstairs and before bed turned on his Switch Lite. I was like, oh, right, like, there's that skew as well. And I'm here sitting, I think, like most people probably in our industry or at least in our sphere of uh, audience and stuff of like, cool, when's the Switch Pro coming? And that's what's even crazier to think about is that they're just going to keep selling. They're going to as soon as this number dips a little bit, here comes the Switch Pro to you know kick it back into high gear. I mean, it's for me, it's thrilling to see that this success, like because the Wii U was so obviously like it, it didn't find its audience, but but you see the DNA of the Wii U in the Switch. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you don't get to the Switch without the Wii U. And so, like, in a way, the Switch also, for me, kind of functions as, like, a redemption of the Wii U, or at least what Nintendo was, you know, like, striving for. Maybe the technology wasn't quite there yet. They couldn't quite, you know, obviously the yeah, game Yeah, break away had... from the unit. Right. Uh, man, uh, it's so, you know, I mean, obviously, I grew up with Nintendo, so, and... and um, I, I do have to, I, I do have a soft spot in my heart for Nintendo and I want to see and I love that they do their own thing. I love that they're not sort of going toe to toe trying to beat, you know, Sony yeah. and Microsoft at their own game. Right. Uh, because that like uh, I mean, I want innovation. I want them. I, I, want, I think the market's way more interesting when Nintendo is like, let's kind of do our own thing. So the fact that that, you know, after there was a period there where I thought, oh, God, they may they may kind of be out of it almost like they may be just not on this on that same in the same conversation anymore it may be like well we'll start talking about like sony and microsoft and then like for the kids like nintendo sure. or whatever um but i think well, we have to we have to acknowledge with the success of switch that 
that Nintendo is still like a just a hugely major player in, in and they're not going anywhere, right? That's the biggest thing. I think like what you're right. talking about with Wii U, I remember being at IGN and on a podcast and talking about like, all right, this is the beginning of the end. Now they're gonna pivot and you're gonna start getting Mario yep. games. They're gonna go third party, they're gonna go Sega. Uh-huh. And then to yeah. see, yeah, the Switch do everything it's done and like you're saying, like innovate and whether that be the fact that I mean, we take it for granted now that it's this hybrid, it's this handheld, it's this console, it's whatever you want it to be, then to have things like Switch Lite, then to have uh, you know the labo then to have a uh, ring fit then to have, like they're still yeah. in the rc right. car mario kart like nintendo's still out there doing it and i you know for yeah. years i have i've said that i think of nintendo and i don't mean this as an insult as a toy company and i think sure. they think of that too where like not yeah. only is their unit a toy but the games you put on it are a toy where yeah luigi's Man- mansion 3 isn't trying to be the last of us part 2 and it doesn't need to be because people want to play luigi's mansion 3 yeah. as it is yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, like Luigi's Mansion 3 for me has that kind of like Disneyland haunted mansion appeal yeah. to it, right? It's it's a yeah. completely different kind of experience, um, but but a wonderful one nonetheless. And yeah, I mean, I'm I just like I said, I'm so thrilled that Nintendo has has solidified their own identity and really found success with it. And and man, like these numbers just make it uh, just make that like undeniable. So. <laughs> Uh, moving on to some more numbers here. This is December 2020 MPD is t- top 10 for games. Remember, of course, this includes digital sales for some, not all. I'll call it out here, the ones that have asterisks. Uh, but right now, in terms of sales here, uh, number one, Call of Duty uh, Black Ops Cold War. Number two, Cyberpunk 2077. This doesn't include digital sales. So that's a number two showing without having to account for all the digital ones that happen, which I'm sure we're a ton. <laughs> yeah. Number three, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number four, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Number five, Madden NFL 21. Number six, Animal Crossing New Horizons. That is up from in November. It was number eight. So that uh-huh. Christmas bump and the holiday bump of getting it out there brought it all the way up to number six. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at number seven. In November, that was number 11. Again, the holiday bump of people Amazing. buying the Switch. Uh, number eight, NBA 2K21. Number nine, a new entry. Oh, I'm sorry. And also, I, I totally stopped, stopped. Animal Crossing, Mario Kart, and NBA don't include digital numbers either. Uh, number nine is Immortals Phoenix Rising. This is, of course, its debut on the chart. And then number 10, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Doesn't include digital, and that's up from 12 again. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised in a way to see Immortals Phoenix rising on this list because that's a game that it seemed to me that most people, you know, in, in my sphere kind of um, regarded with like a bit of a, of a shrug, like, oh, it's, 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 it's like Ubisoft game plus kind of Breath of the Wild, but probably like a watered down, you know, Breath of the Wild or something, you know, eh, but um I don't know, like I've heard, I have not played it myself, but I, I've heard from some, at least some folks who have played it and that it really has its own kind of identity. It has its own kind of spark and that it's really like appealing and endearing. So, you know, I, I like, um, I hope that game finds an audience and it's like, and you know, I hope to find a little time to, to, to try it out myself one of these days. It definitely seems like a game that either you are hot or you are cold on. Like yeah. there, doesn't, there doesn't seem to be an in-between middling on it. And I don't mean, a middling like meh, like because like i would describe myself as cold on it but i also describe myself as someone who will go back to it i probably played we got review codes and i must have played yeah. six hours in the like the little window we had up until embargo mm-hmm. and what i found with it was i enjoyed playing it in the moment but when i put it right. down i wasn't drawn back to it and i feel totally. part of that is that yeah it's breath of the wild yeah it's assassin's creed this is right after valhalla we must have had you know been playing i must have put in <sighs> 40 hours into Valhalla and then oh, this code dropped man. and it was like the, go do it the, again. The Ubisoft like the Ubisoft game saturation is real in the sense of Ubisoft game as like that kind of just the you know the open world yeah. template that follows that particular kind of formula, right? 100 um, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah it's it's a what is that and that actually leads to a very interesting question uh the nanobiologist of course a uh, longtime friend of the show he's out there right now watching and of course correcting us says hi greg and carolyn npd numbers are out and interestingly there are two ubisoft games in the top 10 assassin's creed valhalla which released earlier the previous month and immortals phoenix rising that came out uh, about halfway into december There's always complaints about the Ubisoft formula being overdone and never working, but these numbers say otherwise. 
How will this work, though, when earlier this year, Ubisoft announced a change to their creative process after all the scandals? Do you think the stockholders and business partners will see these numbers and say, nah, keep doing what you're doing. Don't fix what isn't broken. When Ubisoft has expressed intent to finally allow variations from their long-running formula that's been going on since 2007. Of course, obviously, there was all the scandals and stuff going yeah. around about uh, abuse and toxic workplace stuff at Ubisoft. Uh, yeah. On top of that, if you remember, this time last year, I have an article here from uh, cogconnected.com uh, on January 18th, 2020. Uh, due to last year's poor reception of Ghost Recon Breakpoint and the Division 2's disappointing sales, Ubisoft is reportedly planning to restructure its editorial team in order to mix things up in the future. According to what sources have told Video Game Chronicle, Ubisoft's editorial team, which is responsible for the cohesive vision of the company's games, will be restructured with the goal of making its games more varied. Carolyn, how do you yeah. interpret that and then the success of both Assassin's Creed and uh, Phoenix Rising? You know, I, I mean, oh boy, I, it, it's, the, 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 there's like, it's like a double-edged sword in a sense, the, the, the Ubisoft formula, because it's, there is something, I mean, it works, right? It, it has had enduring success because like so many of us do find something appealing about having a world like laid out for us, like a banquet with all of these like icons and things to do and collect. And, and, you know, I mean, so obviously like there is something fundamental about that, that, that works. Although, as I said, I think there is a point at which you get real, you really start to get diminishing returns where people are like, okay, like I've done this, you know, find some way to like, to, to, to change it up. And so I don't think Ubisoft needs to, um, you know, jettison that entirely but i do think they need to be more you know mindful about trying to find ways to infuse it with dynamics and things that that make that that make it feel you know fresh and unique and like it's not just like oh the game i've played 10 times before but with this skin or that skin sure, so like sure. one, one thing i'm really curious about is i think we learned this past week that um massive is making a like an open world star wars star wars game, game right? yeah and so, you know, like that is I like I'm I'm really excited about that news, but also I'm like, OK, uh, just yeah, like really, you know, uh, if it's if it is just like Ubisoft game with a Star Wars skin, I'm going to be disappointed. But I think I, I know there are ways that they can can, can make that like super like super awesome. I of just uh, but I wonder I, I'm very curious at this point, like what you know, what do they have in mind? Like, what are they going to do with that, right? So. What I think is interesting to piggyback off of Nana's question and the article from last year, right, is that the article from last year is talking specifically about Breakpoint yeah. and Division 2, which while... Yeah are Ubisoft games and our collectathons and our go do stuff. We're also this multiplayer grounded oh. military shooter thing. Whereas I think you look at the success here and then even over the summer when it was like, uh, you know, the fact that Cassandra was supposed to be the lead of uh, Odyssey, but the board was like, no, no, you need a male in there too. Yeah, get a male yeah, in yeah. there. Like that kind yeah. of crap. I feel yeah. that's more the shakeup they're talking about. And I would even argue right. that I think, Immortals Phoenix Rising fits that shakeup where Immortals Phoenix yeah. Rising is the Ubisoft game of like you're talking about this banquet and this menu of what do you want to do and where do you want to go? But also it is, hey, we have voiceover from the gods. Zeus yeah. is telling you this story. Your yeah. character is breaking the fourth wall. It is cartoony. It is Breath yeah. of the Wild. I think especially even when you bring up Massive and Star Wars, that's the kind of angle is what do you take the tried and yeah. true Ubisoft stuff and do cool things with it rather than be, all right, cool. You're another guy with beard, sunglasses, and a backwards hat and a military vest. Go kill something. And to the, to, you know, Hogwarts point too, like, yeah, I mean, Watch Dogs Legion, I found like, I mean, the, the recruitment mechanics in that, for instance, <laughs> I mean, were, were really fresh and different and interesting, right? Like I, I, and, and yes, like tonally, obviously like that world, like they, they do know how to make their worlds feel tonally very different. And that's huge. Like that's very important. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think, um, I, I mean, I, I definitely like they need editorially in terms of just like the writing, the content, they need to avoid future missteps, like, you know, creating games where it seems like they're they're presenting Black Lives Matter as like a you know terrorist organization or whatever, um, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, like I I think that um, I think we are seeing them them do some interesting things with what we what we might sort of call the the Ubisoft game formula. 
hundred percent. And I think that there's, yeah, no end to that. And you, you, you brought yeah. it up. Uh, Hugvars here in the chat. It says, I've played all three Ubisoft games this year and they're all different enough when you you're in the world. Uh, right. Mortal Phoenix rising, very fun and happy. Watchdogs Legion is dark and grim and Assassin's Creed Valhalla is adventurous and serious. Yeah. And yeah. I think that is a great point to it, right? Where I put down uh, Phoenix because I was like, ah, I should go back to Valhalla. I was already doing this stuff in Valhalla. And now mm-hmm. with a huge bunch of months breaking it up, I'm more inclined to go back to Phoenix right now, I feel, than Valhalla. Because I feel mm-hmm. like a Phoenix being a children's book or a that kind of yeah. like, you know, colorful, poppy narrative, I feel more in, I could just jump in and pick right up. Whereas in Valhalla, I'm going to be like, wait, what was Eivor doing? And who was I talking to? And who did I align with? Yeah. I feel like yeah. that's part of it yeah yeah totally. speaking of all these ubisoft games let's talk about the top 2020 games of the year uh, again with npd out we can now talk about the games that uh, sold the most so this is the 2020 top games uh, again i will call you out on what is not including digital this is ranked on dollar sales number one call of duty black ops cold war number two call of duty modern warfare number three animal crossing new horizons which of course doesn't count uh digital downloads which I want it higher. If you included the digital downloads, maybe it would be. And more importantly, keep in mind, it's beaten by two Call of Duties that are on every platform known to man. Animal Crossing is just on Switch, which is nuts. Uh, Number four, uh, Madden NFL 21. Number five, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number six, The Last of Us Part Two. Number seven, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, number eight, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. No uh, digital. Number nine, Super Mario 3 The All-Stars. No digital. Number 10, Kind of Funny's Game of the Year 2020, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Number 11, Greg Miller's Game of... No, I'm kidding around. Marvel's Avengers. Uh, Number 12, Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales. A great showing for uh, Miles. Number 13, NBA 2K21, no digital sales. Number 14, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, no digital sales. Number 15, FIFA 21. Number 16, uh, Mortal Kombat 11. Number 17, Dragon Ball Z, Kakarot. Uh, number 18 MLB the show 20 number 19 cyberpunk 2077 not including digital sales and number 20 Tony Hawk's pro skater one plus two quite a list 2020 quite a year even when you include all the Nintendo games that are old yeah and I mean what's you know I mean so many thoughts in response to this one is like Marvel's Avengers like that a game can be you know say the 11th best-selling game of the year and still kind of be regarded as like a disappointment you know or like like a I mean, um, I don't know. I, that's, you know, I, I feel like th- there's so much to, you know, to unpack around that, around like the, the business, the, the, the amount, like the budgets of like AAA games and the expectations around the returns on those. I mean, that's a great, I didn't even think that's a great interpretation like, of it too. You were talking about, you know, considered a disappointment. I immediately jumped to fans and audience, but you talk about Square Enix, right? And t- yeah, calling out what, their financial report of like, yeah, I might even think about yeah. that. Yet. No, it's not, you're the 11th best selling game of the year and you're yeah. not, the publisher's not happy. Right, right. You know, um, what it's, it's a, it's a tough business, man. It's a brutal, brutal business. Um, but yeah, I mean, Animal, I suspect, I mean, I would love to know if Animal Crossing New Horizons, if it did include digital sales, if it, if it would even top the Call of Duties. I, w- I would love to know that. I mean, for me, that's like, that's the breakout game phenomenon of the year, regardless of, you know, if it's third or first on this list, because, I mean, Call of Duty is a phenomenon unto itself. I think we all know that, like, there are so many people out there who just, I mean, almost maybe exclusively play, play Call of Duty or, you know, I mean, it just has its own kind of culture. And so seeing them at the top of the list, not really surprising. Yeah, but right. it's Animal what you Yeah, but Animal Crossing, you know, at number three, I mean, and just what a reflection of the year that 2020 was. <laughs> and and again, to go back to like, you know, to Nintendo for having found kind of their, their place in this, in the current sort of console and gaming ecosystem um you know it's pretty cool to see that game um way up there yeah and I, again you want to talk about games that defined 2020 i think when we look back and you talk about it don't i'm not trying to take anything away from call of duty or the fans of call of duty and i know obviously you know both them and their multiplayers and i see andy dropping oh. in the war zone all the time but like everyone's going to talk about the movement that was animal crossing and the fact yeah. that uh, me a lifelong or uh, i guess uh, it, i was in college when the first animal crossing came to america oh. but like uh, you know a long time fan of animal crossing the fact that it even blew yes. my expectations out of the water for what the game would be let alone what the success of the game would be and the way it would permeate pop culture it's crazy yeah yeah um gosh i'm, I'm surprised to be honest that valhalla w- with its late release in the year is uh, you know uh, above last of us 2 and ghost of tsushima 
Yeah. Um, but again, you figure it's all the platforms, right? It would, it's yeah. just, that's always the that's game you right. play with it. That's right. Yeah. No, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, that, that's the the thing I always fall into where you're like, oh my gosh. But then it's like, oh, then it's actually, I think it gets impressive when you start going like, well, man, Last of Us yeah. did really well for just being yeah, <laughs> on PlayStation. No. Absolutely. And, and, you know, Miles Morales by that same, you know, by that same token, which. Yeah, is, I was you know, uh, the number 12, ra- number 12 ranking for Miles. I was surprised by as well. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's on PlayStation yeah. 4 and PS5, but I know it's yeah. a game that I love so much. And I would, you yeah. know, it's on my short list for game of the year. But so many other people are just like, oh, it's more Spider-Man, which, of course, the best selling superhero game of all time. Right. And, uh, you know, <laughs> a huge IP for yeah. Sony. But still, yeah. I don't yeah. think it has the juice when you talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's just, I mean, just I think that game does so much miles as a protagonist to, yeah. uh, you know, which I mean, is 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 great to see because he's a, he's a fantastic character. You really get a, a different feel for what, you know, his world is, his New York is. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, props props to them for 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 such a fantastic game there. Um, While we're here. I, yeah. What, what was your what was your 2020 game of the year? probably well not probably uh yeah it was hades for sure mm. um you know hades which, which super I'm, giant yeah i'm almost a little surprised i mean like i'm sure first by super giant Sanders, that game did tremendously well you hope so yeah yeah i would i would have loved to have seen like you know an indie game like that you know break the the top 20 that would have been probably like almost un- unprecedented but um but yeah i mean uh, it was great to see that game become the phenomenon that it was in 2020 um just such a wonderful fusing of mechanics and narrative uh, where, I mean, the writing, you know, that's a game where like if a game just offers kind of a rewarding gameplay loop, that's fantastic. But what really kept me coming back to Hades um, and, and I think Supergiant just nailed this re- relationship perfectly was the way that the, the unfolding relationships and the developing, you know, the opportunity to like, like the, the, uh, unlocking more of the the story or or becoming closer with other characters was like the reward in that game that really kept me kept me coming back to it and persevering. Uh, for sure, for sure. So, yeah. And I think yeah, it's you know, Hades is such an interesting one. When you want to talk about sales, obviously, so many of these are led by brick and mortars having a box on the shelf, which obviously yeah. Hades doesn't, being on Switch and being on PC. And yeah. it will be interesting, I think, you know. When inevitably, whatever the exclusivity window is, <laughs> lifts and Hades goes to PlayStation and or Xbox or one of the other, whatever it is, to see yeah. what it'll do on those consoles on top of it. Because I do think uh-huh. the Switch audience, and I, I'm speaking maybe out of turn because I know we all own our Switches and we all love our Switches. But I also know the reason Switch is so successful is people like my friend Kyle, who has been a lapsed gamer for two generations, picked up a Switch over Christmas, right? And he picked it up to play Animal Crossing and play Cart. And that, like they're not necessarily going to the eShop and looking for what's yeah. new, what's hot. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think Hades has some legs when it gets out on other ones. And but. you know, I I, the, I just I, there is that question in my mind. So, so digital sales not included here. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. You know, with the if it had included digital sales, and then like you know, what what volume of refunds? Like what volume of like were those sales then like rescinded? You know, yeah, um, yeah. How did I mean? There's just that that curiosity there around oh, around man, that. Cyberpunk, but, cyberpunk. Yeah. The story that just keeps going somehow and somehow keeps getting worse. I don't understand how it keeps getting worse. When do we turn the corner on the news? Oh, man. Let's move to something else that's super sad. Number two, Bungie is officially closing down the Halo archives. They put up their weekly update. And if you're a Destiny 2 fan, there's a lot of stuff about the moon and loot pools in there that Fran's really mad about, but I am not equipped to talk about. But this was interesting. Almost nine years ago, stats and files from our previous franchise, Halo, stopped getting updated on Bungie.net. Since then, all stats, files, and other data from Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST, and Halo Reach have lived on in remembrance at halo.bungie.net. On February 9th, the halo.bungie.net website will be taken offline permanently. Everyone is welcome to save their stats and files however they can, if they'd like to save anything. Please keep in mind that our news articles, forums, and groups are were imported into the current version of Bungie.net back in 2013. So, now it's like it's one of those weird like video game legacy.com yeah. thing and and you know it's i mean obviously the, it's been just gathering dust there for a long time like this is you know it makes sense and yet i do remember when you know halo 2 first came out and for me there was it was very novel at the time and, and tremendously exciting to you know like i'm playing this game on my console 
And then I can go to this like website and see my stats there. I know today it, it sounds pretty mundane, but there really was something like exciting about it at the time, it, you know, and it, it really like, I think it, it, it fueled the, the desire for competition. You know, it just, it made it a super easy way to like reference your, your stats and compare with, you know, your friends and other folks. It was a, it was at for its time. It was a really cool feature. Um, so yeah, it's a know. piece of yeah video game legacy. And I think for yeah. you know old timers like me, even yeah. and I've never been an Xbox person or a Halo person, but I definitely remember going to this website. I definitely remember looking at my stats. I that was one of the big deals about getting uh, into this connected world, right? And having the internet plugged into these boxes and being able to play online was all of a sudden having this legacy. And and, and Bungie just like the way they, I mean, I, I think you know in a way we could say maybe that they're responsible for making console you know uh sort of multiplayer competitive gaming at least in those early years like what it, what it was like to, to you know i mean it, there was so much derision at the time like so, yeah. well if you really want to like com- be competitive you know play competitive first person shooters online like you have to play on on pc you have to, and uh, but bungie really invested in it in in like in halo as as a multiplayer uh, you know, game that should, should be taken seriously with features like this. And, you know, so I think they're, I think they are part of having brought console competitive gameplay to, oh, yeah, to totally. where it is today. hundred percent. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is a little weird history thing. So get your stats if you want your stats saved. Yeah. <laughs> Number three on the Roper Report, 505 Games has bought the Puzzle Quest developers. This is Mike Minotti over at GameSpeed. 505 Games and its parent company, Digital Bros, announced today the acquisition of Infinity Plus 2, the studio behind Puzzle Game Hits, Puzzle Quest, and Gems of War. The deal gives 505 Games a studio with free-to-play experience. Infinity Plus 2's titles have earned over $200 million in revenue. 505 was already the publisher of Gems of War, a free-to-play puzzle game with RPG elements that is available on PlayStation 4, Xbox one switch pc and mobile i love uh, puzzle quest i want to yeah. see more puzzle quest <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i mean puzzle quest was it you such a refreshing like it was it was when when that game first came along it was like this is like a perfect it's it's you know the chocolate and peanut butter thing right it's like two yeah. it's two great tastes that taste great together how how has nobody really done this this way before it's it's wonderful you know it's compulsively playable um yeah like i i I can't say they've kept up with their output, you know, in the free-to-play era at all. But, yeah. um, but you know, I mean, definitely down to see what they're what they're, you know, able to do in in the future. See, it's I agree with you 100. percent And that's when I see this Gems of War. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Maybe I should try yeah. Gems of War today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, free free to play. You know, I'll, up later. I'll get on the PlayStation store here and start the download at some point. <laughs> uh, and then fourth and final yeah. on the Roper Report, good news. Hitman 3 is coming to Switch alongside the other versions. We start with Steve Watts at GameSpot. We've known since October that Hitman 3 is coming to Nintendo Switch via cloud streaming, but both Nintendo and developer IO Interactive had not yet mentioned a release date. That's changed now with official word that it will come right alongside the other platforms on January 20th. IO announced the date with a tweet. That puts the Switch release on the same day as the more powerful platforms that will run it natively on the hardware itself. PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S. Uh, The Switch version will require an internet connection since it's streaming. Since... I'm sorry, this is one of the handful of streaming games on the Switch and was announced alongside with Control. In GameSpot's Control Cloud Edition review, uh, Phil Hornshaw said it ran genuinely well on Switch with some degree of noticeable frame rate issues and graphical compromises. It's not the best way to play Control, but it will do in a pinch, so we can probably expect the same for Hitman. Now, related, uh, Stadia put out a thing talking about Hitman 3 also coming to Stadia day and date on the 20th and a new feature. Uh, you've just beaten the challenging level that you, des- that you designed in Hitman 3 and want to share the experience with others. With State Share, a new Stadia feature launching across the entire Hitman World of Assassination trilogy on January 20th, you can. State Share is an exciting feature that's only possible with Stadia, letting you create unique game states to share with friends. State Share turns a normal image or video capture into a portal to a unique game experience by embedding a game state within each capture sharing gameplay for others to watch is transformed into a chance to try a playable slice of the game yourself each game state is defined by specific gameplay elements like player loadout objectives and difficulty and trying each one is as easy as clicking a link so carolyn two questions for you yeah 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 yeah. what's your hype level for hitman 3 and then where are you at with stadia 
Oh, I mean, uh, I'm like, I'm excited to play Hitman 3. I think yeah. I think the last two Hitman games have been, they've done that, uh, that, that clockwork world thing super well. It's so much fun to find all of the, all of the, um, you know, all of like the, the, there's so many creative and clever ways to get the job done. And so I love the kind of puzzle game aspect of it almost, that kind of like, investigating and figuring out like, okay, you know, I know this is my goal. Like how do I kind of working backwards? How do I achieve that? Um, so any, you know, new environments to, to do that in, like definitely like I'm on board. Um, the, uh, the, I am a little, the switch release, you know, is I'm, I'm a little puzzled by, by the appeal of streamed, you know, games on switch, because to me, like, it really seems like such a big, I don't know. I mean, it's such a big part it's of money, the right? It's got to be money. It's just these developers understanding yeah. the footprint of the Switch and trying to get their games there. And I yeah, think, yeah. They're not developers, I, even publishers, if I said developers. I think it's trying to get your game to as many people as possible, but yeah. then also, is it going to run well? Is it going to be? It's not really yeah. the best place to play it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, it, it you do lose one of the things that makes the Switch uh, unique, which is the ability to kind of like take it anywhere. Like you have to, you know, obviously kind of sacrifice that for to play these games so um but uh and as far as stadia uh, i have never held used a stadia i've never been in i don't know if i've ever been in the same room as a stadia this feature <laughs> this like state share that you just you know you read off the the blurb about and it says like it's as you know trying each one is as easy as clicking a link like i'd have to try that because i don't really fully understand what you're talking about there but i mean it sounds potentially cool but I'm not really, I don't really know how that works. So it, well, it uh, sounds weird, right? In terms of like, it's stuff you're creating. So it's like, yeah. I, I, so I assassinated the guy, you know, I, I went into the thing. It's what I guess kind of blessing was talking that giant bomb does, but in a different, in the reverse, right? Of like, I killed this guy with this weapon in this place. Can you do it faster? I guess would be in Hitman world. Oh, so like a challenge, like that you create like that. Yeah. 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 Maybe. But I feel like that even that's going to be. I, sloppy to an extent in interest i don't know i mean, I mean it, it doesn't get me going and i'm like that's why i gotta play on stadia like i do not see a path to relevance for stadia at this point i i mean i understand that they're going to keep you know trying to make it happen to whatever extent that they can it, it's i don't see it happening um so yeah uh but good yeah. for them i mean keep good trying you it for, you know what yeah, i mean yeah, like exactly i've enjoyed like i feel like my Impression of both Stadia and uh, xCloud would be different if 2020 and 2021 were normal years. Because that's mm. why I was excited for Stadia. That's why I was excited for xCloud. I'm like, I'm on the road yeah. every other weekend. I'm, I don't want to drag my PlayStation. I don't want to drag my consoles or anything. That and totally so makes sense. Yeah. That would have been the way to do it, right? But then since I'm just home all the time, it's like, all right, cool. Let's keep going. Yeah. Yep. Hold on. Right now, you see, download a console, Gems of War. We're gonna do it. There you we're go, gonna, man. We're hey. Gems of War, right there. There we go. Well, you know, so we may we may never see you again. It's gonna know. It's gonna just take over your life. Let's see how these free to play uh, microtransactions work out for me over there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, we want you to be part of the show. Patreon.com/slash Kinda Funny Games. Over on Patreon.com/slash Kinda Funny Games, you can write in with your questions. You can get the exclusive post show we do, and you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, Greg Way, this episode of Kinda funny games daily is brought to you by hymns for hymns.com is all about men's wellness we all know the story andy and nick wanted to maintain their own wellness so they looked to hymns to help keep their hair full and healthy and i can confirm as i've ran my fingers through both of their hairs it's full and healthy uh through hymns you can also get prescription medication that treats ed real science real solutions to ed hymns makes it easy hymns connects you with a licensed medical professional online who can prescribe fda approved prescription medication to treat ed you get the same active ingredient as the expensive little pill but without the expensive price tag this could cost hundreds of bucks if you had to go to a doctor or a pharmacy but not so with hymns hymns makes it simple and affordable no embarrassing conversations no expensive appointments just answer a few questions online about your medical history and a provider will confidentially review if approved your medication is shipped directly to your door and discreet packaging and shipping is free no more searching online for answers to questions about ed or sexual wellness just go to your hymns account and ask a medical professional you can trust why live with ed when you the solution can be simple try hymns today by starting out with a free online visit go to forhymns.com slash funny games for your free visit that's forhymns.com slash funny games f-o-r-h-i-m-s dot com slash funny games prescriptions prescription products are subject to medical provider approval and require online consultation with a medical provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate see the website for full details and safety information remember that's forhims.com slash funny games 
Up next is Brooklinen. Life is too short to sleep between anything less than really nice sheets. But maybe you've looked at some retailers and calculated the years of interest you'd pay for just one set and gave up. Trust me, Greg Miller, go to Brooklinen. You know it. I know it. I don't even have to read the ad. I love Brooklinen. I sleep on Brooklinen sheets and I use Brooklinen towels. That's how much I love Brooklinen, Kevin. Maybe you didn't know, Kevin, but I'm telling you right now. Uh, Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer betting company. Uh, they work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury-level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting and is so confident in their product that all of their betting comes with a lifetime warranty. And Brooklinen is so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, and more. You can buy sheets, bedding, and pillows at once to save even more. It's 2021. Do something nice for yourself to start the new year. To help you do that, Brooklinen has a special offer. Go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code GAMES to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter the promo code GAMES to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com. Use the promo code GAMES at checkout. And the final sponsor of the day is Burrow. Uh, I can't stand shopping for furniture online. You know that. Uh, you, you go uh, all over the place. You don't know what you're getting. Can you trust them? Then if you go to a store, right, there's too many options. You got to deal with the transporting. It's all, it's frustrating. That's why I'm excited to tell you Kind of Funny Games Daily is supported by Burrow, uh, the furniture company that's designing smarter, simpler things for modern life at home. Uh, they built the company from the ground up to fix all the ways that shopping for furniture is frustrating. Uh, every decision they make from the first sketch of a new couch to the fast free delivery promise is made with your experience in mind. Uh, Burrow provides easy online shopping, no more visits to far-flung warehouse stores, no high-pressure salespeople, plus Burrow's world-class support team is available whenever you need them. Uh, it's furniture designed for the way you live. The credenzas are actually tall enough to fit next-gen consoles standing vertically, and the award-winning Nomad sofa has a built-in USB charger. Assembly is simple. Burrow customers literally write reviews applauding the instructions for being easy to follow. Modular design means they're easy to set up, but also easy to take you with you to your next home. Uh, Tim was on the show yesterday he actually is using a burrow couch which i didn't know and said he loves it when jen was complaining about our couch last night we went to burrow.com and they have a really cool one that can fold out into a giant bed and i like that uh, uh there's fast free shipping on every order burrow saves users an average of 100 on large items like a couch right now you can get 75 dollars off your first order at burrow.com slash games that's burrow b-u-r-r-o-w.com slash games for 75 dollars off your burrow purchase burrow.com slash games games Carolyn, yo, I can't wait to see if I wear my wife down and get this giant couch that folds out into a giant bed or whatever. But that's so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? Well, Greg, the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, Jet Cave Adventure on Xbox One and PC, Solar Blast on Switch, Rive on Switch, Curling on Switch, Gunslingers and Zombies on Switch, uh, EQI comes for free to Steam, uh, Path of Exile, uh, Path of Exile, Echoes of the Atlantis launches on PC, and then GameSpot reports almost six years after launch, Axiom Verge is getting its first piece of post-launch console content, and it's free. The new content is a randomizer mode, which is currently live in beta for the PC version of the game. The mode will be released for consoles, also for free, at a later date. And then new dates for you, Bloodroots, a game I adored on PlayStation in 2020, is coming to Steam March 12th, 2021. I got a deal of the day for you. Uh, if you have Prime Gaming, well, let's start again. If you have Amazon Prime, you have Prime Gaming. And that means you get a whole bunch of different game goods and free stuff. It also means you get a free subscription to give away to whichever Twitch channel you want. We would love it to be us. So if you're listening right now, you're driving the tractor, you're driving a tractor trailer, you're driving just a trailer, you're in a trailer. You'd see a trailer on the road right now. You're listening to a podcast. Remember when you get home, you can just log into your Amazon Prime, then go to Twitch, then connect the accounts, and guess what? You get free content and you can support us. However, the deal of the day is uh, beginning today, Prime Gaming members can claim an exclusive slushy bear bundle for the hit battle royale game fall guys appropriately themed for season three winter knockout this bundle includes a brand new slushy bear costume and 6500 kudos to help players fast track their way to their next in-game goodie this is the second fall guys bundle available for prime members with four additional drops planned until may 2021 Whew. we got there carolyn it's time for reader mail 
Now, cool. we might get both questions in. We might just get one question in. But okay. oh, actually, no, I, I, we're going right to the, I was going to give you a choice. There's no oh. choice. BJ Bernardo writes in about the Indiana Jones stuff. Yeah. BJ Bernardo right. says, do you think the Indiana Jones name and brand is popular enough to move consoles oh. and or drive up Game Pass subscriptions? Does being a popular name slash brand even matter? Are people so hangry for bigger, good quality Xbox exclusive games that a game like The Medium could move consoles slash drive up Game Pass subs? Karen, what do you think? I mean, so listen, Indiana Jones as like an, uh, you know, a brand, an IP, I think, you know, I think it's inconsistent, right? I mean, I think most of us love, uh, you know, I, I think Raiders of the Lost Ark is like the great, maybe the greatest adventure film of all time, you know, uh, Last Crusade. But I mean, I think um, Crystal Skull, Skull etc. Like, it's not like Indiana Jones in and of itself equals like excitement and, you know, it's just universally beloved. So I really think that what it's going to come down to is not just the name itself and the IP itself, but what, you know, um, uh, machine games and, you know, Bethesda, like, do with it. Can they can they create a game that really, that that leverages Indiana Jones in such a way that people are like, mm -hmm. because if they do, then I think, yes, I think people absolutely will, you know, uh, sign up to Game Pass to, because they want to play the, the, like, the amazing Indiana. If it's a game that kind of, you know, has the appeal of something like, and Uncharted, but with its own identity as, you know, Indiana Jones, if it captures that like 1930s, 1940s mystique and really, you know, nails what that property represents in, in the collective imagination for so many of us, there's no question that it could be that kind of, um, you know, that kind of driver for Game Pass subscriptions and stuff. What will be fascinating about it is there's two different audiences to talk about. And BJ hints at it and talks about it, right? Number one, there's us, the people who talk about games, obviously the people who would watch a show this nerdy about video games, right? Yeah. Who are stoked to see, man, the people who did Wolfenstein are doing this and Bethesda this and like just in, in Indiana Jones in general. And I think, you know, being old and working with so many young people, like Blessing hasn't seen yeah. the, any of the Indiana Jones. Uh -huh. Tim hasn't seen any of the Indiana Jones. And it's like, wow, that's nuts. But I do think the name carries enough. And I yeah. do think that if they nail it and those first looks are great and the previews are great and everybody's like, man, you know, clearly they're doing the Uncharted thing, which was inspired by Tomb Raider, which is inspired by Indiana Jones. Exactly. Like, yeah. If you get that relationship down and people at a glance go, oh, man, this looks like a fun action adventure game, they're going to be in whether they're a fan of it or not. I think the nostalgia yeah. then does make people like me who love the movies be like, oh, I really want to play that. But then what gets fascinating is because think about it. They said in their statement when they put out the teaser trailer, which was just, you know, the hat getting but, grabbed, they're yeah. like. We're still a way away from this game. Totally. So where is Game Pass, but more importantly, xCloud going to be when that game drops? Because yeah. in the same way I'm talking about my friend Kyle, who bought a Switch this year finally to play all this stuff, if there's Indiana Jones ads everywhere, and they're literally like, play today for $14 on anything, mm -hmm. on your phone, on your tablet, on your TV at that point, you would assume, on your computer... Yeah, I do wonder how many people would come in off the benches of like, oh, I don't know what that is, but 10, and they'll probably do some kind of deal over five bucks, 10 bucks to right. get in on it. Sure, why not? Yeah. Oh yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think they can absolutely leverage it that way. I mean, I already think, to, it already seems to me that Game Pass, you know, personally, I think it's a, it's a pretty fantastic value. Oh, yeah, totally. I, I love it as a service. Um, but I mean, yeah, like, and and part of what I love about it is that it, that, it, that not everything on it is the, um, the bigger, you know, games you have that wonderful selection of like indies and stuff too. It's a really varied selection, but I understand that, you know, that um, those smaller indie games are probably not in most cases going to be what gets people to Through take the that door, leap. Right? Yeah. Um, so hopefully it's like you get a game, you get games like Indiana Jones on there to, to get people to, to hop on. And then once they're there, maybe they'll say, Oh well, hey, I already have all this available to me. Let me try out some of these smaller games since it doesn't. I'm not paying anything extra to to play them. Yeah, and that's that's the most interesting argument about it, right? Where I think to bring medium into this, the medium into this conversation. I've seen yeah. the medium at all the you know events we react to and do the live stuff for, and it's mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, oh, that looks interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not you know, oh my God, I can't wait to play it. Blah blah blah. But guess what? It drops at the end of this month for free on the Game Pass I already have. Yeah, I'm yes. going to play the medium. They have nothing oh. to lose there, right? Like, I have no I have no expectations. So right. by starting and entering it, maybe I get hooked. Maybe I love it. Yeah, yeah. 
and you figure those small experiences you're talking about, like the medium I would throw in, though, I know for some people it's not. That's what keeps you in between the giant AAA releases, what keeps you on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, absolutely. It's like I'm already here, you know, I mean, um, yeah, like, and and the, the, you know, I mean, the Twitter account for Game Pass, it's a... It, it's constantly like hey new stuff is coming and yeah. even if it's even you know it'll be like here's five or seven games coming soon even if you know most of them are like eh, nothing there really grabs me there's you know at least like usually something where i'm like you know i want to at least try that and so i, I think that um it, i mean i can't speak for other players i don't know how their subscription rates are doing uh, really but sure. for me it's it, it they're they're doing a great job of of retaining me as a subscriber yeah exactly because i think it's such a nominal fee that as long as i pop on there and do something or see something or want to yeah. play grounded or whatever like i'm happy yeah. it's there and i'm happy to keep paying for it as they keep putting cool stuff on there and supporting yeah. smaller developers obviously who are yeah. just trying to make it absolutely uh, shondel neil writes in patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says i know i'm a day late concerning the resident evil village news something's got me thinking when tim and greg were discussing seeing possibly something new announced at the showcase Capcom recently heard about all those hacks that happened, and the hacks were some of the dates that had RE4 remake, but also there were RE games including a remax slash reboot of RE Outbreak listed for 2021. Could this be shown? What, uh, Carolyn, how do you feel yeah. about Resident Evil? Uh, I, 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 I love the, um, the early you know, PlayStation games. Sure. Um, I, I liked the RE2 remake. Um, I thought it, you know, I thought it, it was... Uh, it updated that game in some pretty exciting ways. Uh, I didn't, you know, three, uh, it seemed like the response was kind of underwhelming. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't try that one myself. So I'm kind you of like, anything. don't listen to him. I played yeah. it. You didn't miss anything. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I, I mean like, and I'm super excited that with like seven and eight, they're, they're venturing into new territory, sure. right? Like yeah, that, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested, of course, if you did miss the news, you know, next week on the 21st, our friend uh, Brittany from What's Good Games is hosting the Resident Evil uh, first real look at Village and all that stuff. But the tweet read, uh, don't miss uh, don't miss the Resident Evil Showcase January 21st, 2 p.m. Pacific. We'll be watching it live twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Join Resident Evil producers and our host, Brittany, uh, on a guided tour of Resident Evil Village, including a new trailer, first ever gameplay, and more Resident Evil news. I do think if you're going to talk about any of this stuff, that's where you would see this. I think you end with these trailers, maybe even in the middle. Yeah. Like this is this isn't all there oh. is. We're also talking about no. these things. I think you make this a Resident Evil day. I I'd be surprised if there wasn't some like, announcement about. I mean, you know, like there's so many people like me who for whom those early survival horror PlayStation games were so formative, and obviously they had great success with RE2 remake. Like I I can't imagine them not almost you know. Do, announcing slipping some sort of announcement there too to get those people hyped up and and give us something to be excited about too yeah and you have all eyes on you for the day you might yeah. as well yeah carolyn we ask people who want to squad up and play video games with each other to write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games giving us their name username platform of choice and why they need help in a video game i read it here the best friends come and find each other and they all play games together today oh. Benjamin wrote in. Uh, Benjamin needs help on PSN. Uh, his uh, username here is Clank Attack, just like it sounds, all one word. Hi, Greg and Carolyn. Longtime fan who usually doesn't play many online games. Greg, I met you at the NYC meet and greet years ago. I'm the food scientist who became a food scientist in part due to your Oreo show. <laughs> Changing lives, Greg back, Miller. You know, when I was eating the double, the mega stuff Oreo, I thought this will inspire someone to be a food yeah. scientist. In terms of squatting up, I wanted to play Scott Pilgrim vs. the World Complete mm -hmm. Edition online, but I don't have any friends who want to play it. I enjoyed playing the original on PS3, but I could never make it past the four, stage number four alone. Uh, I haven't bought it yet, so depending on what platform people will buy it on, I'll buy it on that version. I also play Rocket League online and would love to have some friends uh, to play that too. If anyone is interested in squatting up, hit me on my PSN, Clank Attack. I don't know my switch code off the top of my head. Understandable. Cheers and beyond. I know, right? SW-124. Get the hell out of here, Nintendo. What are you doing? Uh, if you want to squat up with Benjamin, play some Scott Pilgrim, hit him up on Clank Attack. Meanwhile, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, uh, roostreet.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe. Uh, looks like we had a pretty great show. Uh, Kebabs writes in to correct me and says, actually, 
actually prometheus tells the story in immortals he's a god who can see the future all right i forgot to be, it's prometheus telling the story to zeus all right zeus is there kebabs get off my now you did a great job that's a good you're wrong that's what i'm looking for uh believe it or not that's the end of this part of the show we still have the patreon post show you can get on patreon.com slash kind of funny games but before we go carolyn once Yo. again where can people keep up with you just uh you know hit me up uh give me a follow on twitter at carolyn michelle excellent excellent you did a great job today thank you so much for your time my pleasure thanks for thanks for having me anytime you're welcome back you know that um speaking of hosts coming back or whatever i guess no 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 the the normal people are coming back next week let's look what your hosts look like right now uh monday it's blessing and tim tuesday it's the debut of widow wednesday on tuesday with me and gary widow wednesday blessing and imran uh thursday greg and tim and then friday it'll be blessing with the kind of funny spotlight on natalie flores so we're excited for that one she's great um like I said, we have a post to do, patreon.com slash games where you can write into the show, do the squad up, do all the fun stuff, get the show ad-free, support Kind of Funny in general. If you'd rather support on twitch.tv slash games, you can stick around right now live. Uh, up next is going to be some Friday Fortnite, I believe, with the team on one of the Friday group streams led by Snowbike Mike. Very exciting stuff. Remember, if you're not watching this live and you're in the tractor trailer or looking at trailers or whatever the hell you're doing when you listen to the podcast, uh, of course, you can go to youtube.com slash plays, catch all of our Twitch archives uploaded there until the dmc copyright people come for those as well but we'll see who knows right now we got a post show to do so until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you